Welcome. This is the Change Creator Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Change Creator Podcast Show. This is your host, Adam Force. I'm excited to be here today. We're going to be talking with Steve Cockrum. He is a author of the book. Um, 100x leader um, that's his third book he released with his business partner uh jeremy uh kubacek um so they are they talk about how to how to become somebody who's worth following right um and this has been uh, alongside his release of his new platform called giant and that's designed to to help create healthy leadership development um, through organizations, right? So this is all, he's all focused on leadership, and that's a big topic, I think, especially for today as we're navigating these uncharted waters. Um, you know, the more we can understand uh, the leadership space, the more we can step into our role to become who we need to become with our businesses as entrepreneurs. Um, so he's looking to really disrupt the space with this platform giant. Um, it sounds pretty interesting, and I was very interested um, in his thoughts as he is so dialed into the leadership space with his books and things like that. So I want to chat with uh, Steve and see what he has to say. If you missed the last episode, it was with the one and only Russell Brunson. He's the founder of ClickFunnels. Um, it's a $100 million company, and he has that new book, Traffic Secrets. If you missed that, definitely go back and check it out. It was a really energized uh, conversation. Um, it's on all the, the main platforms here uh, for the podcast, but it's also a live video feed on our Facebook page. So you can catch the video version on the Change Creator Facebook page. You guys can just swing over there and check that out. Um, guys, we have some updates on the website. There's always fresh content, so don't forget to check that out. Um, if you haven't already, you know we have Change Creator Magazine. It has over 30 premium editions, but also now the updated app has a flow of articles coming in weekly. So as that's happening, you guys can get constant content. Um, and the model has changed. It's $10 for the year. So for $10, bucks, you are getting access to tons and tons of premium content. Interviews with Richard Branson, Jay Shetty, Seth Godin, um, regular flow of content. Um, we made it as accessible as possible because there's just so much great content there. So you can just go to changecreator.com, check out the digital magazine, um, and you'll find lots of goodies. Uh, all right, guys, we're going to get into this conversation with Steve. Um, I hope everybody's staying safe, practicing their social distancing, um, and we'll get through this all together. And uh, we'll keep talking about some of these things on our Facebook page and in the group, The Profitable Digital Impact Entrepreneur. Join us over there. Amy and I are doing conversations and lots of content around stepping up your marketing with storytelling, but also becoming a leader right now during this pandemic, okay? All right, let's jump into this conversation with Steve and see what okay, he has to say. Okay, show me the heat. I know you're going to dig this. Hey, Steve, welcome to the Change Creator Podcast show. How are you doing today? I'm doing incredibly well, Adam, from across the pond. Lovely to be with you. Ah, thank you for uh, taking the time. Appreciate it. Um, leadership is a topic I love. Um, it's so important in our lives and our businesses. So I'm excited to kind of dive into your wealth of experience on the topic. Um, so maybe you could just kick us off a little bit and tell us uh, what, what are you working on these days? What's happening in your <laughs> world? And uh, just give us a little, little update. That's great. So um, I lead a company called Giant. Um, and the best way to describe it is seven years ago, my business partner, a good friend of mine, Jeremy Kubitschek, basically we both 
really ended our old worlds together. And we started a new consulting group together and we really did a lot of research and asked our kind of clients, what were the five major challenges they were facing as we moved from the late industrial to the digital world? And they said, summary would be is how do I survive and thrive in a world that's now 365, 24 seven and doesn't turn off? Um, how do I lead through influence more than positional power? How do I communicate and connect in a world that now learns visually, interactive and media application? How do I build agile collaborative teams rather than recruit talented individuals? And particularly poignant for right now, Adam, how do I lead in a world which is increasingly digitally connected but geographically dispersed? So for seven years, we basically built the tools that would work for the new world. That's what we did well. Um, two years ago, we realized that if we didn't have a platform solution, then in the end, consulting in and of its own couldn't get there. So we now are what we call a SaaS plus business. So we are software as a service, people pay monthly for our services, but we still have a fair number of consultants and coaches, about 250 around the world, who go in as it were and deliver the more traditional side of things, but everyone is learning to do remote right now. So that's Giant and giant.tv is where you can find all that. Hmm, pretty cool. So let me just dig into that for a minute. Um, so if I you go on to Giant, um, it's a resource for leadership insights. But like, what is what is actually behind the gate? I see there's a login on the page there. So what sure. are you actually getting as the product? So um, I think what we, we'd say, Adam, is that the new world uh, requires different intelligence. And so therefore, there is ways in which um, you can develop self-awareness as a leader, emotional intelligence as a leader, and ultimately then how do you connect your IQ, competence, skill sets, credentials, product to the world. So what most leaders are asking is, how do I lead other people because they don't do what I would want them to do? <laughs> and um, whenever I do for them what I would most want done for me, it doesn't seem to work. So what we're building really is a, a resource that anybody who leads any team, whether you're leading two people um, yeah. or one person or whether you're leading 50,000, there is the issue, which is how do we create the leaders that know how to function and thrive in the world I've just described. Yeah. So there are, you know, and also realizing that everyone is far too busy. No one's got time. Um, so little and often we found is a much more effective way of developing leaders than the traditional put them in a room for three hours and hope that does it. <laughs> so there are all kinds of ways that the people are able to learn and engage and bring their team with them. Okay. So we used to do a lot of executive coaching. We still do some, but what we found was the team has become the most important unit of productivity more than the talented individual. So that's really, I would say, the focus of what that platform does. It creates a way that teams can perform at a level they've never thought of. And if you think really a, a, a large organization is only a collection of teams. Mm, so it doesn't matter you have one team or 50 teams or you know thousands of teams, we say the sub-leaders define the subcultures, and it most leader development only touches the people who are well-paid, whereas yeah, the reality yeah. is, on the ground, the most important people are those who interact with your employees. And the closer to the front line they are, the more important they are, but they often get less investment than others. So trying to make that affordable and quality and interactive that they can do it, you know, as they travel, as they 
kind of fly as they yeah. go about their daily life and really just trying to say, guys, here's some tools that will help you lead your life and lead your people and lead your family better. Yeah, no, I mean, that accessibility is so important today as everybody's on the move and opens up the doors for scalability. Um, and I'm curious, you know, you've done a lot of studies in the space of leadership and what, I guess, two things. The first question is, now that we are, the dynamic obviously is always changing. We're getting more digital. We're leading teams at different dynamics and all kinds of stuff. So how have you seen leadership evolve between you know historical uh, you know precedents versus what's happening now due to this different stimulus of digital, I'd say. I mean, gosh, it's like pulling from a selection, but I think one of the biggest ones, Adam, that I think may be interesting for your audience is yeah. that the move away from positional authority to influence has become more and more important. So I always say to leaders, if you're having to use positional power to get your way or force your opinion through, you're already undermining your influence because actually the new world expects you to be prepared and skilled to actually lead others through the influence you have. Yeah. So, so actually, you know, it doesn't really matter whether you're leading one or two people or lots. Fundamentally, as more and more millennials and the Gen Zs enter the workforce, what they're looking for is a coach, not a boss. Mm -hmm. And what they're expecting is they're expecting collaboration. They're expecting their opinion to matter. And for a lot of leaders, it's quite hard to understand why Why do you think you can just, you know, have an opinion you've been here three weeks? Um, <laughs> so I would, say, I would say for a lot of leaders, one of the biggest challenges is realizing people won't just follow you now because they have to they will stay with you because they choose to. And all the statistics show that people leave leaders more than they leave companies. So mm -hmm. recruitment and retention is pivotal in the talent race right now because people have more choice than they used to. In the old days, you know, where you were born, you might have had three or four options of a job. But in the digital world, those who have those skill sets are incredibly valuable and in demand and i would say that for most leaders now influence is largely emotional intelligence more than iq yeah so you're you have to have iq you have to have skills that people want to buy and credentials to even get a ticket to the game but <laughs> emotional intelligence and the ability to establish maintain and develop long-term relationships inside and outside your business I reckon is the primary currency of wealth and influence in the digital world. And that's yeah. a very different mindset for a lot of people who were born, let's just say after 1982 or before 1982. Yeah. Yeah. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. I, I, I mean, I, I, I worked at WebMD for 10 years, um, you know, a while back and, um, I saw just as we were getting into like, oh, responsive website development and, you know, any kind of calls online, all these things like as these dynamics shift and the mentalities are shifting, I started to see that kind of shift in how teams were um, approached. And actually, I managed a small team and I got really into like making sure the team all had an opinion and a share of voice in what we were doing, making them feel like, you know, it wasn't like a hierarchy. And mm. I guess a big thing is interesting. I, I took them out to lunch one time. I think you'll get a kick out of this. And <laughs> I went around the table and I was like, 
I was asking people like, what was the reason that you left your last job? And mm. I think I had about maybe eight or nine people around the table and like uh, 95% of them said lack of appreciation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I bet that doesn't uh, surprise you, right? No, not at all. I mean, we've done quite a lot of work with Google and Google have done a huge amount of research that's basically authenticated everything we've said, for which I'll always be grateful. And um, the two things, they, they, they tried to do a study called Aristotle, or they did a study called Aristotle, which you may have heard of, mm. where they tried to understand what were the common commonalities of the highest performing teams in Google. Google measure everything. Google Analytics is everywhere. And they spent nearly two years, Adam, trying to find out what worked. They nearly gave up. And, you know, they came to the conclusion there were only two things that all of their highest performing teams had in common. One was there was psychological safety, that actually everybody could challenge the opinion of anyone else in the team, including the leader, without fearing it would jeopardize mm. their career. And the second one was, in the average team across an average year, each person spoke roughly equally in terms of time. Now, that was a salutary challenge to charismatic entrepreneurs like me who usually like the sound of their own voice. And uh, most entrepreneurs usually are very opinionated. <laughs> that was a massive one for us, realizing that actually the ability to listen and draw out the expertise, skill sets of the people in those teams was was huge. You know, I remember Jeremy and I ended up having an interview with the HR director of Google. He said, look, before we push this any further, we want to know whether you're Googly enough. That was the phrase they used. They actually said, nothing has ever changed our culture in the way that your giant resources have. But before we go any further with it, we actually want to meet the guys who founded it to check that you, we resonate with the values and who you are. I was, I was blown away. It was Luckily, we passed, and um, we're, we're doing other things with them at the moment. But it was almost like they, they were so protective of their culture for leadership that actually they wanted to make sure not just the tools work, but the people behind it aligned with the same heart and beat and some of the things I know you guys care deeply about. Yeah, yeah, no, you're hitting the right buttons for our, for us and our audience and, you know, what we believe in and things like that. I think really just more and more people have access to starting businesses on their own, um, just like mm. they have more opportunity to get jobs at different places that they might really align to. Um, and as you pursue these things, you become your own CEO and a leader, right? What we're talking about here. And one of the most important parts of where your marketing comes from is really digging into who you are as a person. So those values become this North Star for decision making, not just in the first year, but throughout the life of the business. I always say, um, I agree entirely, Adam, by the way. And I, I say to most startup entrepreneurs, I love them. I've been one. I continue to be one and go back and do it again. <laughs> is People always ask, you know, you're, you've been very successful at doing this. What's the one thing that you would say to an entrepreneur? And I go, guys the, or girls, the most important thing is you have to know yourself to lead yourself first. Yeah. Because I always say to people, well, do you know what it's like to be on the other side of you in the different <laughs> in the different orbits of your life. So what's it like to be on the other side of you as a supplier, as a customer, as a client, as a friend, as a father, as a, as a boss? So few people, Adam, have ever really been prepared to look in the mirror and see what we call the broccoli in our teeth because we, we, all, we all have broccoli in our teeth. And you'd be amazed how many leaders undermine their influence every single day 
and they have no idea they're doing it. So Giants Toolkit is really a catalogue of mine and Jeremy's failures and the broccoli in our teeth. And we always say, look, if we can identify what the problem is, and I'll give you an example of one in a moment, sure. if we can then codify it in a visual tool that an educated 13-year-old can understand, use, and teach their friends, then we can multiply into a world which is overwhelmed with information and saturated. And however good the content is, if they can't use it immediately, it disappears the moment you leave the room or stop listening to the podcast or whatever it is book you happen to have been skimming through. So I'll give you an example of one that changed my life, Adam. So it's the simple thing where most entrepreneurs think out loud. So I'm a very external processor. I'm ideating all the time. I hypothesize about how things could be. And I almost argue as if I believe it, <laughs> hoping that you will tell me why you don't. So here's the here's the tool that emerged out of that, because you can imagine a lot of people would come to me and go, I'm saying, what have you been up to the last two weeks? And they go, well, I've been working on this. I said, why are you working on that? And they said, well, last week you told us that this is what we need to be doing. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I was thinking out loud. I was spitballing. I, I was like dreaming. I was inviting you to collaborate with me. You're telling me that you spent the last two weeks working on that. So we developed a tool, Adam, called Provisional Plan Promise. Three words that will change your life as an entrepreneur. Because what I meant was we created a vocabulary where now when I start dreaming out loud, what somebody says to me, if I forget, they say, hey, Steve, before we really start to move on this, is this provisional, which means you're just talking out loud, dreaming, get, getting opinions, mm -hmm. or is it a plan? Have we actually together decided this is what we're going to do based on the evidence that is available to us and we've committed as a team to it? Or a promise is something that says this will never change. Right. So basically, there are plans in business that actually sometimes have to change. Now, we're going through a moment in our world where a lot of the planning of a lot of businesses um, is changing because of something called COVID-19. Do you see the difference? So mm -hmm. a plan mm -hmm. is something we're committed to and we're all aligned with, but it still could get knocked off course. A promise is something that will never change. These are values that we will live as a community or these will be what we define ourselves as. So as Giant, we have like four values. You know, we have self-awareness, love, ingenuity, heroic goals. If you ask any Giant the world over, they can tell you those. They are a promise. They don't change. But strategy is usually a plan. And what we found was as entrepreneurs, we were often being provisional, but people were hearing it as a plan bordering on promise and the amount of entrepreneurs that are like that um, who actually end up undermining their influence with the people who have the capacity usually to deliver on the dreams and in the end people start to go I'm not sure whether I trust you I don't know whether you're talking out loud or whether things are going on so all I say to you there's there's one that I guarantee you can use Adam and I guarantee everyone listening can use Biggest place it made a difference to me was in my marriage. <laughs> my <laughs> okay, wife, yeah. you know, my wife is an introverted, detail, very, very organized person. She only speaks when it's a plan. <laughs> got it. And the number of times she's got really frustrated because <laughs> I was dreaming about something. I said, hey, we may need to go back to America. I'm getting exhausted flying everywhere, speaking. Good night, darling. She wakes up in the morning. Helen's in tears with a spreadsheet. 
trying to work out how's, how we can tell the kids, the grandparents, how are we going to move, where are we going to live. And when I say, Helen, I was only being, I was only thinking out loud. Now she just says to me, Steve, is this provisional? Is it plan or a promise? So there you go. There's an example, Adam, of it. And it's visual, <laughs> it's colorful, but it's simple enough that a child can understand it. Even the kids use it on me now. So hope that helps. We've got about 57 of those. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I'm just face. imagining scenarios face. with my wife and she'd be like, <laughs> she'd be like, hell no, we're not. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Your plan is over. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a yeah. great point, though. It's a great point on a clarity of context. I mean, you know, one of the things that makes me think of is clarity, and you're kind of breaking it down into a thought process that provides clarity. Um, and, it, you know, if there's one, I always, you know, one thing I always say, and it, it sounds so simple, and everyone thinks that they're clear, but if there was one thing that makes or breaks a business, um, and as a leader, it is clarity in all aspects of your business. So this is your, what I see here from you, and correct me if I'm wrong, is you have ways of breaking down these thought processes in order to create that clarity. Yes. Yeah. So, for example... If, if a tool, remember I said the new world for learning and communication, this is a bigger change than people realize. The, the, the industrial world was about words, books, memorization, and data. The new world is visual, it's interactive, and it has to have immediate application. So what we realized was if you couldn't capture it in a visual tool that was simple, it would not scale. And so therefore, what we're doing here is, we're actually saying, guys, ladies, leaders, you all have tendencies. You all have wired into the way you've been made. So why we do a lot of stuff on self-awareness and kind of that really knowing who you are. I'm a Jedi master in personality and wiring. That's one of my other sort of day jobs out of it. But once you realize you can show people what the mirror looks like on the other side of them, they can then begin to make a choice. So I always say that the, the, the difference between a good entrepreneur and a great entrepreneur is yes, you've got to have a great idea. Yes, you've got to be doing this. But fundamentally, you have to know what you're great at and where your weaknesses are, where your blind spots are. And you have to make a choice with your actions. So if your tendencies just become your actions, you'll get it right about most of the time. But when you get it wrong, it goes horribly wrong. The real skill set is self-awareness is the foundation of emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is what allows you to build your business and connect the product and the skills and the expertise you have to a marketplace which is saturated. Yep. And actually how you differentiate long term in a world which basically has almost limitless choice yeah. is that relational interaction with your client base. Yeah. That's the thing which is gold and it's more valuable than people would ever really realize in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And I think I, I was just writing it down. I like the the notes there. The self-awareness is the foundation of emotional intelligence and emotional intelligence is a key to building a successful business. And I think uh, it makes me ask you the question, um, you know, we have to know ourselves and we have to know where we fall short and where we don't and all those types of things. But have you found that people resist the truth in the sense of they're not always honest with themselves? So here's what I would say I found, Adam, is that most leaders are unconsciously incompetent. Right. right. And you can't blame somebody for being unconsciously incompetent. 
it's they're not aware of it. Yeah. And the reality is, I don't know, Americans are slightly better at challenging each other. Brits <laughs> over here, we, we specialize in hinting and really just just looking down on people without telling them what's going on. So <laughs> a lot of what a lot of what Giant is doing is we're holding up a mirror and go, hey, Adam, do you know what it's like to be on the other side of you? And you go, oh, my goodness, I had no idea. We make you consciously incompetent which is usually a deeply unpleasant experience when it happens. But most leaders I meet, Adam, want to grow. They want to get better. The reality is a lot of them just don't know how. And so therefore, I can't afford to go on an MBA program. I mean, I'm like going, get enrolled in a course that's gonna take you know years of my life. And it's like, no, no, I need some tools right now yeah. And I don't mind if it's one or two tools, but give me something I can work on. And, you know, Jeremy and I spent a long time developing something called the five voices, which if if, you, if the listeners do anything, um, for those of you who are Myers-Briggs experts, um, hmm. it came at, it's twinned with Myers-Briggs, but nobody could ever remember their letters when we went away. So we, we worked incredibly hard to create something called the five voices of a team. So... If you go to the giant platform, you, you, as I said, you get a free month. If what you do is take the five voices assessment on there, there is actually a personalized coaching development series for, I think it was 15 videos per personality combination, that if you walk through that, that would make an amazing difference to who you are and how you understand what's there. So, you know, again, giant.tv backslash BB will get you a free month on, on my, on my account. So that's another one where self-awareness is so, so important because it's very hard to be emotionally intelligent without being self-aware. And sadly, a lot of entrepreneurs are, are more task orientated than relationship orientated. They do relationship. They do relationship because they, they need it to make the business work. I would say that in some ways that this the primary skill set of the entrepreneur has to be has to be that relational connectivity and that ability to build long term trusted relationships. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. that's where people come back to. And that's where you have a chance to be magical almost. And people remember people remember the people who've chosen to serve people, not just transact with people. So it's so easy when you're under pressure and thinking, oh my goodness, how do I make payroll? How do I do this, that, and the other? You often treat clients as a transaction. And that's still a compliment that they want to buy something from you, but you're leaving influence on the table. Mm -hmm. So many people try and maximize the first deal and they leave long-term relational influence on the table. I'm always keen to go, I'm looking for something that I can build over an extended period of time. And therefore, I'm prepared to invest financial capital sometimes in the beginning because I'm trading it for long-term relational capital. Not because I'm trying to be manipulative, but because what I know is when I can establish a trusted relational partnership with somebody, actually, not only am I able to serve them, but they're actually able to serve me as well. So, you know, that's just, uh, I'm giving you some of the things that I've learned through getting it wrong, Adam, rather than the other (laughs) way around. I was the negotiation king. I used to love winning at negotiations until somebody held the mirror up to me. And I realized that actually nobody liked dealing with me because they always knew if I was happy about the deal, it probably meant that six months from now, they were going to be disappointed. (laughs) That that wasn't a great reputation. No. You know what I mean? It's like, now I'm almost the other way of going responsible generosity is a value that I choose to live by 
because I found it's a lot better when people think that you are generous as a as a culture than when in some ways it, it, it's primarily about you. Yeah, I mean, and I think that empathy comes into play and that ties into the emotional intelligence factor that you spoke about to really, you know, be understanding. And I think tying that into this idea of stop shooting for the short term, you know, mm. game, the short term thinking where it's like, I need an extra thousand. I need to do this deal now. And, you know, we've you know, that was a lesson that we had to learn too. And that is to think long term. Um, it's a different dynamic when you're doing that because everybody has this need to, for immediacy. So we yeah. get panicked and we're worried. We need to make more money. We need our business, you know, so it's like that panic, uh, results in like fear-based decision-making. And then you start making decisions with short-term thinking. So, you know, like we would always take on clients where it's like, all right, we won't even offer them anything except the, a trial period of three months because we just start small and we build the relationship. We prove ourselves and it may take more time, but then you get all the renewal business they like you they trust you and, and all that relationship building that you're talking about it does take time and it takes care right it usually takes seven years to be an overnight success adam at least <laughs> <laughs> so no, no nobody is nobody has done it faster i mean it's really interesting looking looking back at the moment at if you think of the financial crisis in you know 2008 2009 when you look at the companies that were formed in the midst of that storm that we now know as household names. So it's fascinating to me to realize that there is always the opportunity for entrepreneurial innovation. And sometimes the darkest times and the most difficult times are actually one of the most um, powerful, actually, at forcing innovation and mm -hmm. forcing new ideas. I mean, you know, right now, I will guarantee that every single person listening to this podcast is having to go cold turkey on a high touch business model. So a lot of us used to pride ourselves in getting in front of our customers, face to face, yeah. events, visits, dinners, lunches. I'm losing weight. The, you know, I'm not eating a business lunch for about three weeks. It's been great for my <laughs> waistline, Adam. But I, I look at it and go, we've had to go cold turkey because right now we're in lockdown over here in London. There is no touch. We're not allowed out. Right. So what's happening is businesses are having to go digital in the space of two weeks. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've gone from high touch, low tech to no touch, high tech in the space of two weeks. Right. And I think it's just a really interesting thing that in the end, the businesses that come out of this and will win in the next season beyond this, I think are those who will learn the lessons of going how do I leverage high tech and therefore what is the premium high touch yeah. that I can put back in again? Because I think we will probably get away with doing less touch and more tech in that balance of the future. And I'm personally hugely excited by, in many ways, yeah. learning for me again, what does my world look like in the new world that is coming, the other side of um, the world won't be the same again. This is not a small thing. I mean, economically, it will be a huge challenge. But a lot of people are asking, well, why do I have offices? Or, you know, why am I putting together an event for a thousand people to come when actually we're doing it online digitally? Yeah. And actually people have enjoyed it just as much and it didn't cost me 250 grand to put on. <laughs> so there's so much innovation, but I, I have sympathy in the sense that, you know, that this is what I call the, the luxury of self-actualization and when you're in Maslow's hierarchy of need which is I need some money to pay the bills or just to keep the lights on 
then in some ways the reality is you may well have to leverage some of that relational capital. Here's the difference. If you're a transactional person, people will only transact with you and they will only do it if it's advantageous to both parties. Right. If you've established long-term relational trust and influence with somebody, you can actually go to them right now and go, how are you doing? And they'll go, yeah, we're doing all right. They go, I could really do with you buying some of these right now. Is there any way you could do something because I'm struggling? In relationship, you would be amazed at what is possible when you've actually been relationally significant in someone's life. It's, it's, it, but it isn't there if, if it's just been transactional yeah. because they're doing something that only occurs in relationship, not in transaction. Mm, yeah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> oh, well, it's, it is. I think these are a lot of great points. And, you know, as we continue to evolve, yeah, this is a major shift. And we talked earlier just about how um, it's kind of, you know, pushing people out of their comfort zones and it's kind of accelerating change, you know, which is mm. I, I always find to be fascinating. And I see it as a positive thing at the same time. While, yes, the virus that we're going through is a bad thing. But the change that we are all embracing is, I think, exciting. There are, I think that's the reason why we're entrepreneurs, Adam, that we always see, we usually go through that you, you, like we did. We probably had a moment of fear about two or three weeks ago when we went, okay, how are we going to, what's going to happen? Yeah. And very quickly you pivot and go, yes, we need a survive strategy, but what's our thrive strategy in the midst of the storm? And that's the kind of, yep. that's the thing which I think entrepreneurs are so adaptable. They're agile. They, they kind of turn quite quickly. And as always, cash is king, and you need a certain amount of liquidity to work. But the the agility of the small is often an advantage in in times like this. So true. true. Yeah, yeah. No, it's and you're right. I mean, we're problem solvers, and that's the way you got to look at it. It's just another problem, like solving any other problem for people, right? So it's really no different at this point. You just got to be willing to adapt to it and understand it. Yes, indeed. So, indeed. Adam. Listen, um, let's give a shout out. I know you also had a really great book um, I want to make sure people are aware of in case you want to check that out as a, a first touch for learning more about what you have to say and digging deeper. So th this is your third book. Um, and I don't know. I can't remember who it was that you partnered with. It looked like you had a partner author, but it's yeah. the 100 Jeremy Q. That's right. Jeremy and I, have, we, we basically co-author everything we do within Giant. And uh, this was really our manifesto on leadership, cool. Adam. And when I talked about the thing about that influence is more valuable than positional power. Mm -hmm. How do you grow influence? How do you be somebody that people want to follow, not have to follow? Yeah. And a lot of the practical visual tools I talked about, I think there might be 20 of them in the book. So that's for those who love to read. But there aren't many you love to read, by the way, in the new world. Books are really <laughs> marketing. <laughs> and they're really the credibility. The fact that you know we're a type, we're a best-selling book, and Wiley, as a New York publisher, took our content. That's usually a credibility. I would say it's more likely that the people listening, I'd love it if they weren't read the book because that would get there the deepest thing we have. But as I said, there are ways in which you can tr you can have fun playing with what we've created, and in some ways, at a time when people are stuck at home, uh, having a having a platform where you can work on who you are and really develop that self-awareness piece. So if you go to giant.tv backslash BB and put in your information, that gives you a free month. And what I'd encourage you to do is, a, you know, your, your landlord will guide you, but 
I would encourage you, if you want to do one thing that I say, is go to the assessments um, app and take the five voices assessment. That will give you a personality read. And as I said, if you click on the link there, there's actually a coaching series designed for each individual, the way they're wired by people who are wired like they are in 16 different videos talking about what do you bring at your best? How do you lead effectively? What's the things that you undermine your influence with? How do you do work-life balance? So basically everything we thought, the 15 key issues that we wanted all leaders to address, Adam, are there and they're there for all 16 of the different personality voice combinations. So Beautiful. that's the thing which, if that's free, if you want to buy a book, then that's wonderful because that feeds my family. <laughs> but honestly, the free on Giant is probably the best place to go. And there's a whole whole ream of resources that we, we filmed in the last few weeks about remote teams. How do you, how do you lead from home? You know, even that was just created because it was yeah. live for what people needed. So giant.tv backslash BB gets you a free month on the platform with us. So there we go. Great. All right. Well, there you have it, guys. You can check that out for free for a month and explore. You can check out the book if you're a reader. Um, lots of valuable information coming from a lot of experience and, um, I, you know, great conversation, Steve. I appreciate your time today. Oh, Adam, thank you. Pleasure. Thank you for being a great interviewer. That's all for this episode. Your next step is to join the Change Creator Revolution by downloading our interactive digital magazine app for premium content, exclusive interviews, and more ways to stay on top of your game. Available now on on iTunes and Google Play or visit changecreatormag.com. We'll see you next time where money and meaning intersect right here at the Change Creator Podcast. Yeah.